a common thing people will do is they will just uh, like they'll subtract the cost out from price and they'll get you know, a contribution margin and they'll just use that in one number but you're losing information there similar to the CAC side if you hear someone say our LTV is $100 or whatever if it's a single number you know that also is a sign that you haven't dug into what's going on in your business just yet if you have that market share approach based on your business type and like you know where you are you might actually want an LTV to CAC ratio that is you know, you know on par you know, one to one so on today's episode, we're going to learn about the building blocks for growing your e-commerce business, which really is down to your customer acquisition cost, your lifetime value, and your payback period. It's a brilliant episode you do not want to miss, so do stay tuned. Retail and e-commerce have witnessed an unprecedented transformation in the last decade. The widespread adoption of mobile technology, social media, as well as the lowered cost of cloud-based technology have not only eroded the barriers to entry in retail, but it's also led to the rapid rise and dominance of digital native product brands that sell directly to their customers. On this podcast, you'll get the scoop on customer acquisition and retention strategies employed by high-growth digital native product brands. Not being afraid to spend because you know that customer is going to pay it back uh, three or four-fold. That's when you start to unlock channels in the way that they were meant to be used. And Listen to interviews with experts at the forefront of technology and innovation in digital retail. Three years ago, they wouldn't have come to us because, yeah, the macro trend of cloud, Wi-Fi, broadband availability, that was a real, that was a real problem. Hear first-hand stories from founders of innovative direct-to-consumer brands. Although I was thinking about the competition, I was more thinking about, like, how do I just build a freaking successful business? We focus on driving as much traffic as possible, converting that traffic, uh, and then dumping money back into driving more traffic. These insights will help you consistently 2x growth in specific areas of your direct-to-consumer brand. This is the 2x e-commerce podcast, hosted by Kunle Campbell. The 2X e-commerce podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for email and SMS messaging. Whether you're launching your e-commerce business or taking your brand to the next level, Klaviyo gives you the tools to get growing faster. That is why it's trusted by over 50,000 e-commerce brands like Brooklinen, Non, and Chubby's. Build your contact list, send emails that pop, and create marketing moments that build valuable customer relationships over any distance. Get started for free today. Visit clavio.com forward slash 2x to create your free account. That is K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com forward slash 2x. Welcome, 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 folks, to the 2X e-commerce podcast. Um, I'm your host, Kune Campbell. Um, the 2X e-commerce podcast is dedicated to digital commerce insights for retail and e-commerce. Each week on this podcast, we interview a commerce expert, a founder of a direct consumer native you know, brand, or a representative from a best-in-class commerce SaaS product. They have a very tight remit, and their remit is to give you ideas to test right away on your brand. 
so that you improve commerce growth metrics such as conversions, average order value, repeat customers, your audience size, and ultimately your gross merchant value or sales. We're here to help you sell more sustainably. So I'm, I'm currently again, and um, on today's episode, I'm super, super excited because I'm joined by Paul Orlando. He's here to talk about LTV and CAC, so customer acquisition, cost, lifetime value, that fine relationship between them. He has a phrase, a catchphrase, I'm going to drill him about, which which uh, which he says, LTV is like a river. And I'd like to really know more about that. But a bit about Paul. Paul is um, has led startup accelerators on three continents. He's an adjunct professor of entrepreneurship at University of South California and runs UC- USC's on-campus incubator for businesses founded by students, alumni, and faculty. He advises on building internal incubator programs. He has degrees from Cornell and Columbia and was a winner of the TechCrunch Disrupt Hackathon. Um, he studies systems, essentially. And he's here to talk about his book, his book is called Growth Units. Interesting book. I've started to read it actually. And it's uh, the, the subtitle is Learn to Calculate Cost Acquisition Cost, Lifetime Value, and Why Businesses Behave the Way They Do. Welcome, Paul, to the 2X Ecommerce Podcast. Thanks, Kunle. Great to be here. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Um, probably um, I've, I've done a little intro for you. Could you do us the honor to, to introduce yourself, please, and um, a bit about your book. Tell us a bit about your sure. book. Sure. The, the piece I would add to that uh, very nice intro is that I learned some of these lessons the hard way. So um, I actually, I, I had a startup of my own you know, years ago, and then I've also worked with you know, hundreds of startups in these various startup accelerators that I've run. But, I, but I've learned you know, these lessons the hard way. And what I mean by that is, Back in my old startup, um, I would look at conversion funnels and I'd look at you know trying to understand the data that we had coming in, trying to maximize you know, uh, certain effects. And um, a couple of things I'll, I'll, I'll maybe just mention related to that, you know, your listeners I hope will appreciate. Um, I like digging into the numbers a bit, so I don't like to look at the average overall. And mm-hmm. I also like to try to make sure I understand, you know, the the human perspective. So the the quick anecdote I will I'll give you is my old startup, we had this sign up flow that included having to verify uh, your phone number, and we were looking at the data and how people would drop off, at, you know, uh, when they're you know going through that process, and we saw a lot of drop off when people were um, verifying their phone number, and we thought, oh, this is a design issue. We need to make it more obvious what to do, um, mm-hmm. did some edits, didn't really make any difference. At one point, we had the extreme idea, you know, the solution of having just this huge arrow that was pointing to, you know, the instructions of what they had to do. Didn't really change much. And then I went and I looked in person. I actually watched people sign up in person. I kind of interviewed them during the process. And I saw, yeah, they, they would stop right there at that you know, verify your phone number part. So I spoke to the first person. Oh, why'd you stop? And he said, well, I forgot my phone today. I said, oh, okay, no problem. <laughs> the next person, very next person, exact same thing happened. And I asked them, why aren't you continuing? And they said, I forgot my phone. And that's when I realized all the data that I was looking at before was of no use. The reason that they were stopping was they just didn't trust us. 
they thought, oh, I'm going to start spamming you with text messages or, or calls or something. Yeah. And um, I encourage everybody, you know, who's running their own business to kind of like match those two pieces. Definitely look at data, but there's sometimes when you actually have to go out and like see somebody in person um, in what they're doing. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, um, sc- screen recording is an incredible technology. We had um, another lady who came in and she was talking about like just usability testing as a as the number one hack for um, conversion rate optimization because you 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 know people are telling you why they're taking certain actions and you're just using using a you know a, a focus group essentially to to really get insights from the usability of your your app or um, website. Okay, um, we're here to talk about LTV and CAC. I think we start out with the fundamentals. You know, most um, startup e-commerce businesses will um, they'll be very CAC sensitive initially and um, till they get that context of oh um, of LTV um, they'd be really still cautious about you know acquiring customers um, so do you want to break down what CAC is first and um, just give us some context on useful ways to, to 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 view CAC how CAC can be a you know useful metric essentially sure. so CAC or customer acquisition cost um, I like to, and in the book, I kind of present the, to me, unhelpful way of calculating it and then a more helpful way. So what you will often hear people do is say, oh, what's my customer acquisition cost? It is everything that I spent on customer acquisition last month divided by all the customers that signed up in that same period of time. And I try to avoid that um, that calculation for a couple of reasons. So one is it's very top level. It's like you're getting just this average overall of everything you spent and everybody who came in. So you lose a lot of that specificity. And the second reason, of course, is you don't necessarily know if what you spent in that previous month and the customers that signed up then, you don't know if those two are matched. So, you know, you might have uh, actually acquired customers from activities that you did, you know, a few months earlier than that. So I like instead, I like to try to bring it down to a um, a per customer basis. So I the the calculation that I uh, use in the book um, is the cost of bringing somebody in the door. I say in the door because that could literally be in the door of a you know, a retail shop or in the door of an online, you know, asset, your website, your app. So the cost to bring somebody in the door divided by the conversion rate. So once they're there, you know, what percent sign up or they become a paid customer? Like, you know, uh, what is that? And then if you want to get even better with CAC, you can start to segment it out. So you have not just one CAC, you, you probably have many based on the customer segment, based on the mm-hmm. channel in which you are reaching those customers. So um, the easy way to know that somebody hasn't really delved into these questions you know, quite that much just yet is they have a single number. You know, they can say, oh yeah, our CAC mm-hmm. is you know, $20. Um, rather than saying, well, for this segment, it's, you know, 10 for this segment is 50, you know, you know, this channel, like, uh, 
was doing really well. We were acquiring customers at a dollar, but now it's been going up. It's you know closer to five dollars. So um, once you start digging into uh, you know these metrics, I think you'll you're going to uncover a lot of value for your businesses. Mm-hmm. So I like that. So so you talked about cost per you know bringing people to to convert essentially or divided by the conversion rate. Um, but but how do you get to that cost of per per customer? You know. Um, what you know? What metrics are you used to to get um, the top? So uh, you you do have to track this. So for example, if you are doing a paid ad campaign, this might be a little mm-hmm. more straightforward because you can you know you, you can get that you know that that readout. In other words, you know, this campaign for this duration of time, um, you know, it led to this number of customers, and you know that that per. Um, for example, if it's a paid ad campaign, maybe you're using like your that cost per click, and that drives somebody to mm-hmm. your website. Um, you know, that cost per click was two dollars. You know, I'm making up a number, and then mm-hmm. of those people, I see that you know ten percent um, actually sign up or they become a customer. Um, so I'm taking two dollars, dividing it by ten percent, and that's giving me twenty dollars. Um, Mm-hmm. This obviously changes over time. You'll have well-performing campaigns mm-hmm. that stop to work, maybe because you just ran out of people to market to, and you, you're now showing this to like your, your less than ideal you know, customers. Um, yeah. Or you know, you, the platform that you're using changes the algorithm, and you know that that has an impact you know as well. But um, but that's the way I would look at it to start. Yeah. Which, which is a challenge at the moment, you know, given the, the death of third-party cookies and um, just, um, you know, Apple, the, the Apple track and transparency, the ATT, um, has really reduced um, the ability of operators to really whittle down their numbers, particularly on Facebook and, you know, other um, non-Google um, advertising platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, we're really pushing in the dark at the moment. But um, the one thing operators are doing, clever marketers are doing, is they're funneling traffic to specific properties um, on their site. So um, they could have like a page dedicated to only Facebook traffic, and then they could track that down. Um, so it's becoming more challenging. It is possible to still get the data back, but it's it's now... Um, it's it's not it's it's not a mathematical yes. challenge, so to speak, and a programmatic challenge. Okay, so so we've got um, CAC out 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 of the way, um, and we we understand that um, measurement of CAC is should be cleverly, you know, um, tr- you know, just by, by should be cleverly calculated by segments and channels. Right. Um, wh- wh- what about lifetime value? Um, how would you define LTV? Um, I think we'll do that for starters and then move to the relationship. Good. So people calculate LTV in different ways. The way I like is uh, it has a few components. So it has the price of the item. It has the costs directly associated with that item. And then it also has a metric around repeat purchases. And I keep those three parts distinct because once you start blending them together, for example, a common thing people will do is they will just 
you know, like they'll subtract the costs out from price and they'll get you know, a contribution margin and they'll just use that in one number. But you're losing information there. So if you don't separate your price and costs out, you might not know, oh, there's an opportunity here for me to increase price. Or there's actually, maybe I have some leeway here to reduce costs. Um, but you're going to lose that information if you start combining things. And then on the repeat purchase side, you know, there too, um, you're interested in not only number of repeat purchases that people seem to do, but also in the timing of them. Now, once you work that calculation all together, that gives you information on what the complete you know, value of this new customer is. However, it takes a while to discover that. And you know, the reality is, you, while you might know your CAC upfront, because that's what you paid just to get that one person in, it takes a while for LTV to emerge. And in theory, it can always be changing. Like if you look at, for example, you know, you were talking about Facebook, you know, uh, before, if you look at the evolution of that company over the last, I guess, 18 years now, started off in the beginning, you know, like no revenue model. Then they started adding ads, which became like, you know, you know the majority of what they did. Um, but the value of a user on Facebook has actually moved up over the years. Um, so I, I remember looking at this and they, they break it out by region. I think they have like five regions that they report on in their annual report. So some regions, you know, it's only like $5 per quarter of um, margin that's produced by like, you know, views of ads or clicks on ads. I believe in the U.S. it's, um, like annually it's over a hundred dollars, you know? Um, but if you go back, say five years, it might've been like maybe half of that, you know, amount. So they've, they've managed to keep moving those rates up by either serving up ads that are more appropriate. Um, you know, at one point, you know, increasing the number of ads people were exposed to, of course, increasing the amount of time people were spending on the app or on the website. So there's a number of things you can do. You know, these numbers don't have to stay the same over time. Yeah, uh, and I think generally they, they've imp- at the core of, of, of these numbers, they've improved their product, which obviously results to um, people spending more time on their site. And um, they're able to monetize based on time, on, on that time spent on site with more inventory options. They've expanded their inventory. So in the context of a direct-to-consumer e-commerce, you know, business, which is what this show is all about. So I, I think operators should be encouraged, you know, further down the line to continue improving their offering, and um, better still, adding to their offering habit-forming products that um, lend themselves well to repeat purchases, so as to maximize this LTV and increase it over time. That's you it. talked about the timing factor, which which I think is is really 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 important. Um, so with with LTV, you talk about the fact that um, LTV is a river. Um, do you want to just speak to mm-hmm. to, to that session, right. please? So um, similar to the CAC side, if you hear someone say our LTV is one hundred dollars or whatever, if it's a single number. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. that also is a sign that you haven't dug 
deeply uh, into what's going on in your business just yet. And by that, I mean a couple of things. So first of all, similar to the CAC side, you can segment out your customer type and say, well, of this user, you know, this customer type, it's $100, of this other one's 1000 this other one is 10 um, And you could also do that by channel that you reach them you buy, or even like a, a time-based cohort. The ones that signed up in January, you know, the product wasn't that great yet. A lot of them left. The ones that signed up in July, we had made all these improvements and we actually have retained them much more highly and LTV is higher. But when it comes to that river, I um, rather than giving a static number, $100, I like to actually <laughs> model it out and show, for example, on a monthly basis, what is what are the inflows and outflows? So, um, mm-hmm. so in the growth units book, I show a number of these, you know, I, I model this out both in spreadsheets and like, you know, and graphically, but I show ways that a business, um, might have an LTV that looks really attractive only to model it out and then discover, well, actually we have to be able to, you know, eat the costs of customer acquisition or just, you know, um, providing the value back to that you know, customer for months and months until we start to see contribution margin from those customers. Mm-hmm. Um, if you model it out and, you know, literally like showing, okay, you know, price per unit sold, you know, cost of, you know, providing that value, uh, how many purchases in a month and like, you know, and carry that forward based on what you actually see people do, you'll get a better understanding of, well, what is my payback period? So if it costs me $50 to acquire a customer, how soon until I get that back? Um, you'll see, well, are there different payback periods for different customer segments? Um, what is the value of someone who is a, an unpaid, you know, free user, say in a freemium model? Um, can I actually associate a value uh, to them? And I have this expectation that a certain percent upgrade over time. You model that out and it gives you a much a fuller picture of what's going on in your business. Um, And if you don't, then you get in this situation where your growth can be constricted because you don't realize that you have months and months until you just can pay off CAC or months until you actually see any positive contribution margin uh, coming in. Let's take this quick break to hear from our sponsors. Let's take a quick break to talk about screwing up. Accidents happen. Perhaps you installed an app that messed up your theme or a CSV import completely messed up your product catalog. Common myth, cloud-based e-commerce platforms like Shopify and BigCommerce have automatic backup solutions you can use when something goes wrong with your store. This is simply untrue. They don't. Myth busted. So what do you do? You use Rewind. Rewind will protect Shopify and BigCommerce stores with automatic backups. Rewind should be the first app you install to protect your store against human error, misbehaving apps, or collaborators gone bad. It's like having your very own magic undo button. Rewind is trusted by over 25,000 businesses from side hustles to the biggest retail brands you can think of. Gymshark, Movement Watches, and Pampers all use Rewind for automatic backups. So here's a deal for 2Xs. If you head over to rewind.io, which is R-E-W-I-N-D.io, install Rewind, you'll get to use it for free for seven days. 
If you reach out to the Rewind team and mention the 2X e-commerce podcast, then extend your seven-day trial for a full month for free. Enjoy peace of mind with Rewind Backups. Remember to head over to Rewind.io and don't forget to mention the 2X e-commerce podcast for a full month trial. Did you know that loyal customers are nine times more likely to convert compared to a first-time shopper? That's why exceptional customer service is so important for your retention and growth. I recommend using Gorgeous, the leading help desk for Shopify, Magento, and big commerce merchants. Gorgeous combines all your communication channels, including email, SMS, social media, live chat, and phone into one platform. This saves your team hours per day and makes managing customer orders a breeze. It also integrates seamlessly with your existing tech stack so you can access customer information and even edit, return, refund, or create an order right from your help desk. To learn more, go to gorgeous.com. That's G-O-R-G-I-A-S.com and mention 2X e-commerce podcast for two months free. That is gorgeous.com for two months free. Just mention 2X e-commerce. Super, super interesting. Um, what metric do you think? So in, in a direct to consumer, you know, e-commerce situation in which you have a portfolio of products, um, you're calculating your your LTV um, by segments, by product, perhaps, um, and you want to report a metric to your product sourcing team or your product development team um, to inform what next they'll be working on. What metric, what retention metric should you present to them so they make the right decisions? Ooh, that's a challenging question because early on you you don't have that full picture just yet. So you're you're trying to I I'd be looking at maybe what some of those leading indicators would be of future behavior. So for example, um, if we're talking about like a SaaS business, we might you know look at you know um, daily active user you know kind of metric or or even specific to the mm-hmm. user like how often do they go and log in um leading metric being okay if they are using it actively throughout the month that's a sign that they're likely to stay for you know another month um so really it it depends and i i, I almost say like yeah, in this growth unit's book I, I kind of say that a number of times like it really depends on your situation um, mm-hmm. otherwise, you know, there are, you know, there are certainly businesses where it really is more or less a single sale, um, or, or the gap between sales is measured in years, not in months or, yeah. or days. Um, yeah. and there too, you, you might say, okay, well, if that's the case, um, I might have to make everything back in that first sale. First right? sale. So it re- really depends. But, um, but, yeah. but I like the question because that that is the kind of discussion you should be having internally with your team. You know, okay, based on our business model, what should we be trying to move the needle on? You know, what part of this conversion funnel or like how important is improving retention to us? 
And so like, I, I would encourage anybody to, you know, if you model that out, you can do a sensitivity analysis. You can say, okay, if we improve retention, you know, 5%, what does that affect? Or if we increase price yeah. by you know, 5%, you know, what does that affect? Um, all of these things are connected. You know, if you increase the price, you might lower retention. Well, maybe, maybe not. Um, mm-hmm. All these things are connected. So you have to experiment, of course, but, but you start by asking these questions and that lets you mm-hmm. at least try something new and you know, measure it and then say, okay, that worked, it didn't work. Let's try the next thing. Mm-hmm. So, so e-commerce businesses, typically middle market e-commerce businesses do not have, um, do not tend to have um, resources such as a data scientist to, to really crunch these numbers and model things out. Um, what are there any turnkey, um, you know, um, methodologies available, plug and play, um, or even apps you recommend? They can quite easily plug in their Shopify stores or um, their um, just their, their their dashboards too, to 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 help them get a better view on CAC on on LTV. On you know these metrics that um, that really are um, really support um, a retention strategy. I am so um, I I keep it very simple, you know. There, so I I actually default to the most basic things of just using a spreadsheet, you know, to do this. Mm-hmm. There's certainly a lot of tools. I don't I don't even think I can like push one or the other. But um, I mean like. Shopify does have some things like this, or even if you're doing like you know, a paid ad campaign on whatever platform, it, it it is giving you a lot of you know, intelligence on well, you know what was your cost per click, or you know click through rate, or you know, um, you know per campaign per time. Um, but uh, the reason, so like when I wrote about it in the book, I actually didn't mention any specific tools, just knowing that these things change over time and you know one will become popular and then you know be replaced by another one um i actually if you're going to do this from the beginning i actually encourage people to model it out the like the old fashioned way you know just in a spreadsheet that will give you that basic understanding and then you can say okay at a certain point i don't want to be plugging numbers into this anymore I want to like offload that task to some other tool and then based on your industry or your size, like discover what that tool is, you know, that, that you enjoy working with. But, um, yeah, for, for me, I, I ended up getting that value just by like you know, doing it in an old style spreadsheet and like visualizing it, you know, in a graph. Interesting. Super, super interesting. Um, what about CAC to LTV? We have talked about, um, you know, cost acquisition costs. We've talked about, um, you know, lifetime value. Um, why is this ratio so important? Do you mind breaking it down? Please? Sure. So this is a ratio that you'll often hear people talk about, um, like LTV to CAC ratio. You'll often hear a rule of thumb, which is three to one or four to one. So, yeah, for every $3 of LTV coming in, you know, you could spend up to a dollar or something like that. Um, I tend to believe that might be pushing it a little too close. Maybe you want to go five to one or more, but 
uh, people talk about a ratio like this because, well, because of a couple of things. So one, LTV does not capture everything. You know, it is the, um, it is an expression of like that per unit or per customer even um, value that the business generates. But there's also all these other costs that aren't put in there. Typically, the, those fixed costs of salaries, rent, uh, you know, all those other things that a business needs to pay for month to month. And the other thing that's not captured in a ratio, of course, is timing. So I might say, hey, I've got this really great LTV to CAC ratio. It's you know five to one, it's eight to one. Um, but I don't get that $8 until two years goes by. And it, you know, in which case I'm already out of business or my growth is constricted. I can't invest back in, you know, acquiring more customers. So that's the other reason like, I, I keep going back to this, like LTV is a river of, you know, this series of flows idea. Um, these are rules of thumb. So you should you know, consider these, these are not laws. You should break these rules of thumb whenever you want, whenever it works for you. And the um, example, you know, I would give is back when Amazon was pretty new, you know, in the mid 1990s, um, and it was only books, so it was a much simpler company than today. You know, the um, I, I believe the founder, you know, Jeff Bezos said, "Our LTV at this early stage seems to be around twenty five dollars. Therefore, you can spend up to that point." Because we are just after market share. We can't lose money on every customer. But if we're just breaking even, I'm okay with that because I want to grow our part of that market or our market share. Um, so if you have that market share approach based on your business type and like, you know, where you are, you might actually want an LTV to CAC ratio that is you know, you know, on par, you know, one-to-one. If instead you have, and you know, if instead you have a, say a, a small business and you're entirely bootstrapped, um, can be a great business. I love businesses like that. You know, they can be, a, you know, a great, you know, um, you know, great earnings for the founders and the team. But you might want to play it a little more uh, safe, or your market is a little more niche. It's not the entire world. It's something smaller. Um, and then, of course, we have examples of startups that raise a ton of capital, and they actually flip this around in the other direction. In other words, their LTV to CAC ratio might be like you know, $1 to $2. They're, they're spending more on acquisition than they're getting back in return. Um, you can only do this. It's dangerous. It's, it's dangerous. Obviously, companies do it, um, especially when they've raised a lot of money or when their investors might be pushing them for more aggressive growth. Um, it's obviously not sustainable forever. You know, eventually you run out of cash, but you know, but but there are examples of companies doing that, and it kind of uh, it skews the market either for you know paid ads uh, from like for everybody yeah. else, or it, like it just like skews yeah. the way you think about things. Like I must be doing something wrong. You know, they're spending like you know hundreds of millions of dollars on customer acquisition. I, I, maybe I'm not aggressive enough. I must be you know, thinking about yeah. this wrong. Huh. It's not always rosy on the top, you know. Yeah. Um, what you see on the outside, you really don't know what the, what's going on, you know, inside. That's right. Yeah. So, um, LTV. I want to just go back on LTV because, um, in 
you know, for, for with the entrepreneurs I've spoken to, it really varies. You know how you calculate LTV. You know, um, I, I've worked with, um, with 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 an online retailer that um, that s- sells like tiles. You know, um, so just floor tiles for like your for floor and wall tiles. Sorry for, for bathroom, kitchens, and even living spaces in general for living spaces, and it is totally different from an electronic seller or, you know, a seller of, um, you know, subscription raises, you know, so is there any, um, yardstick, you know, like time cut off, you know, with LTV, should you be calculating it on a 12 month basis? Because, um, you know, the financial year is 12 months or should you calculate LTV on a 24 month period? Because, um, it, probably is a, is a better when you're valuing businesses, for instance, for, for an acquisition of a business, you're looking at the trading, you know, 24 months, most of the time. Um, how do you, is it set in stone or are there any standards for, for LTV or would it be on a case by case basis? I think it's case by case. I haven't seen a real standard for this. Um, mm-hmm. when companies report on it, so large public companies report on it, um, you know, I, I've I've seen the re, the reporting done in so many different ways I, that I tend to just think they're choosing whichever way is the most optimistic for them personally. But um, you know, end of the day, you you have to try to be honest with yourself. I would choose what seems to make the most sense for the business that you have. So you mentioned this case of the tile uh, manufacturer. So I could look at that in a couple of ways. So if I were, uh, if the tile manufacturer were selling to you know, general contractors who are always going out and doing work and they're using tile like every single day and you're working in people's houses or you know, buildings, I might actually have a long running relationship with that customer. They buy in bulk from me. They're always putting in a new order and like all different types um, there, I might look at that as being a much more long-term customer relationship that, you know, I want to, I want to, I'm, I'm willing to invest in that because I know they're going to stay with me for years. Um, and you know, I, I give them like, you know, an account person who they can call at any moment and, you know, get things sorted out. If instead I am selling tiles to you know, an individual consumer and they're using it for like a small project in their garden and it's a one-off and I'm not going to see them again, um, you know, I might think a little differently about that. So if it's on the individual consumer side, you know, maybe in this tile example, I think, well, I can't really um, expect that they are a repeat customer. I want to get my payback immediately. You know, if I'm, I, I can't be spending more than uh, like that one-time sale uh, uh, or that contribution back from that one-time sale. But on that general contractor, I might actually be able to invest more in customer acquisition and say, I know I'm going to get this back over six months, 12 months, whatever it is. And it's worth me deferring that, uh, that margin until later on. So I always kind of go back to like... You know, Figure out what is important for your business and like how your business works. That will guide you in these, you know, in these questions. Otherwise, if I give yeah. a single answer, it's it's just, you know, it's a single answer, but it's not really the right answer for anyone. Yeah, yeah, makes makes a ton of sense. 
makes a ton of sense. Okay, um, I think we'll we'll we'll, we'll wrap up. Um, you know, the, this convo. Um, th- the only one thing I wanted to talk about is churn. Um, would you measure churn on a monthly basis? Would you measure churn on um, within the time horizon? You you measure LTV. Again, really depends. You know, uh, if for example you have a, so I'll give like a couple extreme examples. So like uh, mobile operators, um, postpaid. So if you have like your, your typical like you know phone subscription, um, they can measure churn and like you know, down to the you know, tenth or a hundredth of a percentage point because they've got like millions of customers. They have like years and years of uh, service history, and they know okay how often does somebody really change their mobile provider? You know it's not that often. And in general, postpaid uh, you know churn is pretty low for people who subscribe to a mobile phone service. Um, and so, like, you know, like typically, people stay for years and years. Um, mm-hmm. On the other hand, for something like a mobile um, mobile game, like you download a game, you know, in the App Store, you see typically like incredibly high churn day one. Like day one churn can be eighty percent, ninety percent, you know, or more, and then day seven, you know, you're, you're also like you're 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 almost at one hundred percent churn until the point at which you get to the people who really just love that game and then they stay for a very long time. So uh, there's different models of churn, right? Uh, and I I also mentioned this, you know, in the, in the growth units book. You know, there's some that are relatively you know constant over time. There's some that go in a, a huge drop off. There's some that uh, drop off when the customer has to make another decision. Like it's an annual, um, like sign up again for another year. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it matters based on the kind of business you have. If you have a SaaS business where you're billing monthly, you're probably looking at monthly churn. And the other thing I would say, so, um, you know, churn can mean a couple of different things. So you'll hear churn as, it's a, you know, it's a measure of how many people leave every period. But you can also measure churn on other, you know, in other ways, say on a, a revenue basis or a lifetime value basis. So uh, like I mentioned in the book, um, negative churn is something that um, well-performing SaaS businesses have. It's negative churn not meaning that one customer, like, you know, well, how can it be negative? They, they turn into like two people and then like, yeah, I have two customers. No, it's, I have people who leave. So I have whatever, hundred people at the start of the period. In the next period, I only have, you know, 90 left. So I had 10% churn on customers, but of those 90, they're each paying me, you know, um, 20% more say on average. So I'm actually okay. making more okay. money. So churn, you know, mathematically, it's like negative. I have less people, but they're each paying me more or in the aggregate, they're paying yeah. more. So, um, so yeah, I, I would look at it based on the kind of you know, business that you have. And, yeah. um, and I hate, I hate to not just you know, like, like give a single answer or a, a, like a simple answer, but I, I think so like when I told people that I was writing about this topic of you know, unit economics, lifetime value, customer acquisition cost, um, there's some people who just thought, well, how could that possibly, you know, you know, be something that we need to focus that much attention on? But once you start like digging into this, and if you are like a business owner, or if you're like if you're looking at this because you're like analyzing other companies, or you're trying to grow your own brand, um, 
you'll discover once you start to dig in that, you know, if you do get a little more familiarity, that lets you optimize certain things, that lets you try to improve mm-hmm. certain things. And then you come out with this, like this richer view of how your business works. And then you've got something that you can really improve on. Super, super interesting. Paul, I could go on and on and on. Um, I learned a ton um, from, from, from this conversation and um, I would link to your book in the show notes. It's called Growth Units, Learn to Calculate Cost of Acquisition, Cost, Lifetime Value and Why Businesses Behave the Way They Do. It's available on Amazon, um, on Kindle and paperback. It's Paul Orlando. A pleasure having you on the 2X e-commerce podcast. Thanks, Kunle. Yeah, great speaking with you. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this episode of 2X e-commerce. We encourage you to connect with our community of 2X e-commerce listeners on our Facebook group, e-commerce growth accelerator mastermind. Just search for 2X e-commerce on Facebook to find it. Answer three questions and you'll be approved. Grab the show notes of this episode on our website, 2xecommerce.com. Finally, if you haven't already, give the show a review on your podcasting app. Catch you on the next show and keep growing.